0: Thank you King you are holy and I am underdressed that's a powerful powerful words well this being Pentecost weekend you know normally we talk about we talk about the spirit of God we talk about being filled with the Spirit of God we talk about being led by the Spirit of God the leadership of of the Holy Spirit of God, the works of the Holy Spirit of God, the mighty works of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And then we got the fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or self-control. And sometimes, just me personally, I, I, I come up short in those fruits of the Spirit as I evaluate my life, but anyway, with with this being Pentecost, we think about manifestations of the Spirit of God, we think about tongues, the ability to speak in different languages and to communicate the gospel, we think about healings, miraculous healings, miracles that occur and then we think about great works and then we think about greater works. Jesus said you're going to do because I go to the Father you're going to do greater works and then the the, the famous statement in the book of Acts you shall receive power now the direction I want to go in this sermon is totally the opposite of all that (laughs) Because a lot of times what we experience, at least what I experienced throughout the years of the year of my life, just this last year, is not miracles, miraculous healings, and all the fruits of the Spirit, and greater works, and uh, power. It's not, if I'm honest with you. It's not. The Philistines had taken the Ark of the Covenant and Fihanna's wife was with child. As she was about to give birth, she found out that her father and, and husband had been killed in battle. And she gave birth as she passed away. And she said this in 1 Samuel 4 and verse 21, and she named the child Ichabob, saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and her husband had been killed and she said the glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken sometimes that is precisely how we may feel that the glory of the Lord has departed in my life where is the glory now, as we look at a nation, our nation, we could say, man, the glory of the Lord has departed, for sure. But sometimes we look at the man or the woman in the mirror, and we think, man, what happened as the glory of the Lord departed? There's a psalm that everybody loves, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runners runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the Lord's house forever. There was a rendition that Ron Dart gave of the 23rd Psalm. It was a a tape that I thought was so good we played it uh, one Sabbath at our church. I think the title was Seven Sabbaths. But at the end of it, he gives his rendition of the 23rd Psalm. And I want you to hear it. And I want you to think about as I read it. How does a person come to this? What does it take? a person to come to this? A man or a woman? The Lord is my shepherd, but I find myself often and almost continually in want. I don't exactly lie down in green pastures. I find myself lying on dust, dirt, gravel, and it's downright uncomfortable. The water in my life are far from being still. They are storm-tossed, turbulent, white capping almost every day my soul is almost empty he leads me in the path of righteousness I find that righteousness is often flees from me in my life and the things I would do I don't and the things I do not want to do I end up doing I live in the valley of the shadow of death and I'm afraid most of the time You are with me. I hope you are. I believe you are. But sometimes I wonder. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I would that it were so. Often it's evil and sometimes I feel unforgiven and think that God may not consider my weakness. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, only by his mercy, for I don't deserve anything close to that. What did it take for a person to come up with that? You know what it takes for a man or a woman to come up with something like that? Experience. (laughs) Just raw, ugly experience. So what I want to talk about is, is today, an unusual Pentecost message. Dry seasons in our lives. When the well seems dry, we used to have a hand dug dro- well at a parent's home, and you could look down at the water. Eventually, my father, you know, just filled it up because it was too dangerous. But you know, you drop the wa- you drop the rock down in there, and you waited about sixty minutes, 60, 60 seconds has gone by, and you hadn't heard the. <laughs> you think, uh oh, what's going on here? the well seems dry dry seasons in our lives where we can even question is the Spirit of God even working in my life have I so messed things up now the first thing we've got to understand when going through a dry spell is this and there's four sets of scripture here I'm gonna go through very quickly you don't have to turn to them all but if you've been baptized and receive the Spirit of God, I want you to understand this. I want these words to sink deep into your heart. Philippians 1 and verse 6, being confident of this thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13 and verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Romans 11 and verse 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I like another translation. It says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. They're not taken back. So if you're feeling lost or forsaken, remember Jesus leaves the 99 and goes after the 1. So dry spells in our lives. And I got 10 or 11 points. What we can do about it. Number one, settle the intention to heal. Things will get better. You know, often we get into cyclical thinking. You know, we just think, it's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. It's never going to get better. Settle the intention to get better, that it's going to get better. And you may need a positive affirmation. Come hell or high water, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. You know, one absolute in life that you can bank on is nothing stays the same. Thank goodness for that. Nothing stays the same in your life either. The one thing you can bank on is everything changes. And that includes you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And the key word there is through. Though I walk through Through the valley of the shadow. It doesn't say he's going to build a tent in the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say he's going to build his home in the valley of the shadow of death. It says, I'm going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. So, dry spells. Set all the intentions that you will get through this. Things will get better. Number two. When you're going through a dry spell, you are not alone. You know it's so easy. When you're going through a dry spell, to look around and say, "You know, everybody else is happy. Everybody looks content. Everybody is satisfied. Everybody seems to be at peace. Their lives are working perfectly." When my mother was sick, <clears throat> For about three years, and Ronnie, you know, he would talk to all kinds of customers because he'd visit all kinds of people, and uh, he he was amazed at how many people were going through the same thing, taking care of their parents, having you know having a rough time. You are not alone. In Psalm 77 and verse one. This is, uh, I, I, this is not David, a psalm of Asaph, I believe. But man, is it powerful. Sometimes you read scriptures and you just say, man, I can relate to that one. I cry out, Psalm 77, verse 1, I cry out to God, yes, I shall. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. You ever been there? I think the good old days are long since ended. You ever been there? (laughs) Boy, I remember when things were so much better. When my nights were filled with joyful song, I searched my soul and pondered the difference. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Has his promises permanently failed? God has, uh, God has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I say, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. But then I recall all you have done, O oh Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. So, you know, this man had his dry spells. In fact, he probably encountered many dry spells. So, when you're going through a dry spell, don't think you're the only one. Number three, whatever you are not, find somebody that is. (laughs) That can help you. You know, I have really a lack of discipline and I have a wife that has an ironclad discipline (laughs) and it's amazing the contrast between the two (laughs) and so we're doing this bible reading every night and I tell you if it wasn't for her I'd fall by the wayside I guarantee you that but she has an ironclad will and discipline You know, we don't like to ask for help. We look at help as a sign of weakness. But, you know, sometimes we can just go to God and, you know, God, I need some help here. And the help may be right under your nose, such as in the case with my wife. And dry spells, it's okay to share that with others. Tell, Tell them how you're feeling. I feel like I'm going through a dry spell. I question whether even, you know, the Spirit of God is working in my life. Share that with others. Number four. Stop trying to create perfect world moments. Because I think this one can lead to dry spells, by the way, eventually. Stop trying to create what I call perfect world moments. As many years ago, we were at Myrtle Beach, me and Teresa. Rebecca hadn't came along yet. I had, I don't know, I had a cooler with two or three beers in it. The weather was perfect. I'd got out in the ocean, and in this time, Myrtle Beach, the waves were good. And I stayed out there about an hour, hour and a half, and just letting those waves beat me, like you know, just beat me back and forth, grit in my shorts, all that good <laughs> stuff, you know. I got back in my lounge chair, and I uh, drank a few beers, and I don't, and, and I don't know if I've ever been so content so happy, so joyous in all of my life. It was euphoric, it only lasted about an hour, but it was, maybe I ran out of beer, but, uh, it, only, uh, but it, it only lasted about an hour, you know? And sometimes this, this euphoric thing that we're looking for, we can go on, go all in the wrong places, you know, we got alcohol, drugs, uh, sex, uh, pornography, uh, maybe with youth today it might be video games, it may be a workaholic, it may be people that just entertain themselves all the time. You ever met people that just entertain themselves all the time? It's just like that one thing after another. I mean it's eating out, it's going to the movie, it's going on a cruise ship. You know it's like how many cruise ships can you go on in one you know you know it's, it's a big floating shopping mall. I don't want to go on a cruise ship. Okay all right but it uh, people you know entertaining themselves and and, and I think desperately we're trying to create these perfect world moments. And you know, one of the deceptions is I'm not supposed to be in a dry spell, I'm a Christian. And if you listen to some of these preachers on TV, they will convince you that there are no dry spells in a Christian's life. You just don't have any, you know, you just don't have any. Live your best life now. I was baptized, I received the Spirit of God. What am I doing in a dry spell? Well, stop searching in all the wrong places to alleviate that dry spell. The bottom line, it's not a perfect world. It is not a perfect world. And that euphoric moments, you know, they, they come and go. And I'm sort of convinced they get less and less the older you get. I hate to inform you young people of that. <laughs> Romans 8 and verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain until now. And not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruit. Notice that, the first fruit of the Spirit. Even we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our bodies. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. But for a man seeeth what is he yet? Hope for it. But if we hope for that which we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. What might be those infirmities? Well, it can be going through a dry spell. Could be going through a dry spell. For we know, we don't even know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit intercedes for us making intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. You don't even know how to say the right words. You can't say the right, the right words you know, but but God understands. And he that searches the heart knows what is in the mind, the spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Yes, even the dry spell a filling void, you know, all things work together. Now, I'm going to say something that probably a lot of charismatics would, would totally disagree with. But... Having the Spirit of God eventually will create less perfect world moments, not more. Having the Spirit—let me repeat that—having the Spirit of God will, will more than likely create less perfect world moments than more. You know, I was young when I had those perfect world moments. You know, not that I still don't have them, but but uh, that little example of me at Myrtle Beach—I was very young, and uh, it was. Uh, you know it was a wonderful experience, but for but you see, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. Why? Well, this is not our world. This this, this is not our world. I remember a little someone you know. You remember the it was Phil Robertson. Uh, what did he uh, what was that show? Uh, Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. Yeah. It was an episode where it was, it, was, it was obviously some gay, it was this gay guy that was interviewing Phil, and you know, Phil, would you like me, would, would you like to take this shot with your wife and your dog here, and, and Phil, would you like to do this, and would you like, how about this setting, and what about that? And finally, Phil said, I said I don't know. it said, it's your world, I'm just trying to live in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your world, I'm just trying to tolerate it, live in it. <laughs> We are tabernacling in this physical body. For he looked for a city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Number five. I'm going through a dry spell. Brutal honesty with God. Lord, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know why this dry spell has lasted so long. Brutal honesty with God. And if you look at the Psalms of David, that's what you get. It's brutal, you know, I mean, I think uh, let his day, you know, he's talking about his enemy, let his days be few and another take his office, let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. That's brutal honesty. And brutal honesty is, is something you need to have when you're going through a dry spell as far as communicating with God. Number six, going through a dry spell. Confess your sins. Confess any sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. Now, again, there's this cyclical thinking often. And we will, if you're going through a dry spell, I can guarantee you you've already gone down that road of the sin issue and you're thinking man maybe it was something back before i back before i was baptized i didn't, you know i didn't even know what sin was i didn't even know sin was tra- the transgression of the law i bet it's something back then or i bet it's some sin out of ignorance or i bet it's something going on i, I just know it's something you know and 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 this get, you know we ruminate about the past cyclical thinking but that's, you know hey th- there may be something you need to, to ask for repentance from. Ask God to repent you. You don't have to ask 10 million times. You know, just, just ask God. Four things I want to give you. God forgives immediately. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to wait. How long should a believer feel guilty about sin? Probably about 10 seconds. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. There's a myth that feeling guilty makes me a better person. I don't think it does. Number two, God forgives completely. When Jesus died for your sin, which one did He include? Well, of course, all of them. The problem is, as we don't, as we don't complete, if we don't completely understand forgiveness, every time something you go through a bad, a a, a dry spell in your life, you're going to think God is punishing you for something. God is, God is after me. God doesn't work that way. How long do you remember a paid bill? Well, you don't remember a paid bill. There's a reason for that. Third, God forgives repeatedly. Have you ever committed the same sin twice? Don't raise your hand. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes we're embarrassed to ask, you know. Well, that, that, that was too many times. I just committed that sin last week. God does not get bored with our confession. He does not get bored with our confession. Wherefore, Hebrews 7 and verse 25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that comes to him, that comes to God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for him. Number four, God freely forgives. You don't earn it, it's by God's grace. Because we are human, forgiveness is our greatest need. Because Christ died for you, forgiveness is our greatest, God's forgiveness is our greatest gift. Number seven, dry spells in our lives. This one's going to be a weird one, but it's it's one I figured out on my own, I guess. When we care too much. When we care too much. You know, I, I read this statement one time. Anxiety isn't about worrying too much, but caring too much. And it blew me away. Let me repeat it. Anxiety is not about worrying too much. It's about caring too much. Now, people that care a lot, you know, it's empathetic. It's someone who is highly aware of the emotions of those around them to the point where you yourself feel those emotions. Okay, that's what an empathetic person is. But when we care too much, it can transcend over into perfectionism. It really can, you know. Well, you know, uh, we we try to live our lives never making another mistake, never never another offense. I'll never hurt anybody. When you care too much, it can lead over into perfectionism. I mean, I'm just trying to get everything right, just be be a perfect person. And it is a dead-end street. Why? Because we're not perfect. If we were perfect now, We would have nothing to learn. (laughs) We wouldn't need to be here in church right now if we were perfect. We need to to learn to lighten up. And I don't mean, okay, laugh at our mistakes. I don't necessarily mean laugh at our sins. I mean, I'm not going down that road. But to be able to lighten up a little bit and say, look, I'm not perfect. boy, Boy, that was really stupid. You know I remember one time I was asked to to I don't know why they asked me to introduce a speaker at a homeschool convention about 500 people I didn't really want to do this but it was it was the African American man and I looked at his name and it looked like Raymond I asked him, I looked I said Teresa, is this is that Raymond yeah that's Raymond I got up and introduced him as Raymond somebody and anyway it was not Raymond It was Ramon. (laughs) Let me tell you something. If you're ever introducing an (laughs) African-American, you better walk up to him and ask him, how do you pronunciate your name? Don't ever assume you got it right. Right. Whew, boy, I felt so silly. (laughs) I got to crawl out of here, 500 people underneath the rug, (laughs) 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 underneath the carpet. (laughs) But we need to to lighten up and then be able to laugh at yourself. Number eight, dry spells. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. You know, that may sound unusual. Be kind to yourself. There is therefore now no condemnation which are to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And, you know, we look at this and we say, uh-oh, I, I bet I haven't i haven't been walking after the flesh, and I haven't been walking after the spirit, excuse me, I've been, I've been seeking the flesh. Well, name me one person in God's church who walks after the spirit perfectly. None of us do. None of us do. Number nine, dry spell, God loves you. God loves you. How do you know God loves you? I'm gonna give you an answer here and you're probably not gonna like it. I don't like it, but here it is. Hebrews 12 and verse six. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens us and scourges every son whom he receives. That can involve correction. Okay, that's, you know, that's God's love for you. Showing love. <laughs> don't ever doubt God's love when going through a dry spell. Number 10, I think this is the last one. Dry spell, let the Spirit gently guide you, not forcefully guide you. Sometimes I think we're trying to make things happen when it comes to the Spirit of God. We're desperately trying to make things happen. And we're in a forceful mode where we're just, you know, this, I'm going, you know, we're acting out of desperation, which is never good. Acting out of desperation. We think of Elijah. Lord was not in the wind. Lord was not in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. But He was in the still, small voice. Dry spell, let the Spirit of God guide you gently, not forcefully. And the last thing is the old saying you know, this too, the dry spell, this too shall pass. Weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning.